Welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. Today, we are sitting down for the 12 Days of Old Foe. We are on day number five. Josh, what are we trying today? On the fifth day of Old Foe, my liquor store sold to me an 1897 bottled-in bond Old Forester 100 proof from the Whiskey Row series. Bottled-in bond, right? That's correct, sir. 100, 100 proof, bottled-in bond. So, Tyler, this is a really good question for our listeners that may not know. What does bottled in bond mean? Great question, uh, and I love how it is so closely tied to Old Forester being, you know, Georgia's initial efforts towards quality and consistency back in 1870. Uh, we're very influential. A lot of a lot of people followed suit, but some of those old habits died hard. There were still nefarious things going on with bourbon at the time, people trying to make a quick, cheap butt, buck, um, et cetera. And so uh, another group, George, um, Colonel E.H. Uh, e. Taylor and his constituents got uh, fed up with it, and they lobbied Congress for the Bottled and Bond Act, which, um, you know, there are a few stipulations. You're, it deemed that your bourbon must be uh, the product of one distiller, one distilling season, deemed that it was... Uh, bottled at 100 proof it was also guaranteed that it was aged four years uh, in a government bonded warehouse typically your own warehouses that they just put a new padlock on but it was definitely a landmark event in american history being that it was the first consumer protection act in american history and that is uh, even nine years before we get the food and drug act so before well before we knew what was in aspirin or mascara or anything else that we were putting in or on our bodies we knew what was in our bourbon so priorities obviously just but, a, another way that bourbon was leading the industry standards for regulation absolutely absolutely so this bottle here uh, just to give a little description of it uh, very similar to all of the other Whiskey Row series bottles. This one has the white front. It's got 1897 on it. And this one has a green tax strip on it. So the strip that goes across the cap or the cork, um, it's green. So not to be confused when you're going to the liquor store and you're looking at rye whiskey and everybody gets confused and says, oh, is the 100 proof 1897, is that a rye? It's not. It just has a green tax strip on it. So... If you go to the store, you're looking for it in the Whiskey Row series. Don't be confused. It's not rye whiskey. However, uh, when you pop this cork and you really go to nose this thing, it has a very strong pop to it. It's got a almost uh, something you might confuse uh, the aroma with a, a really robust or a really strong nose on it. It just kind of hits you when you stick your nose in that glass or that Glencairn. So... It will pop at you, and it may think, oh, there's something a little spicy to that. And then you go and you take your first sip on it. This one treats your tongue completely different, in my opinion, than the 1870 or even the 1910 or 20. It's, it really it hits those taste buds and really makes them just tingle up front. A little bit of pop and spice and just very different. So. Yeah, it, it's actually very reminiscent of a rye whiskey. I mean, in some capacity. I mean, it does, it does have those flavors. Um, you know, and, and I was saying beforehand that this was one of my least favorite of the series. Um, but it's unique and unique enough that like it's one of those things that I love to use as a mixer, like uh, in that capacity. Um, but I, I think almost the green tax strip, even though there's I think some technicalities behind that, then I'll let Tyler describe that. But 
it, it, it almost seems fitting because it does come off more like a rye whiskey, even though it's not a rye whiskey. Yeah, this one, I first off, like Josh said, I just love the the juxtaposition between the first two expressions in, in the Whiskey Rose series because this is a complete departure from 1870. Drinks completely different. Uh, it is. It's more pepper and anise licorice up front, and then you get these beautiful fall spices, kind of your cloves, cinnamon, cedar, orange peel thing going on in the background, which uh, does make it a great holiday uh, fall winter bourbon also makes a killer old fashioned, but definitely if you like something a little more robust, something a little more along the lines of a rye with those fun kind of licorice-y, anise-y, uh, peppery notes, then this is your this is your go-to. Um, and we're only drinking, we're only jumping from 90 proof to 100 proof. So the way this does dance on your tongue, the way it finishes, gives you that big bump of spice on the back end. Uh, yeah, it's a complete departure Two completely different personalities. You definitely get a little more attitude here. Um, and yeah, the green, you know, we decided to stick with that. Uh, the original tax stamps were, you know, white and green. So, uh, this being a bottled in bond, this is the only bourbon out of the whiskey rose series, by the way, which is only one year old because otherwise if we batched between four and six years, it would not qualify as bottled in bond. So now when you say one year old, you're not talking, it's only been aged one year, the same year. Sorry. Five years, five years typically, but I was going to say, this is some damn good one year old all produced in the same year. Yeah. It all has to be produced the same year. Well, I mean, that's valid points here is that, you know, on day four, we talked about the 1870, which was 90 proof, and it's a great mixer as well, but also a beautiful, neat drink. And the 1897, I mean, you can drink it any way you want it, and that's what's great about it is if you want to put it in some ginger ale and make a mule of some sorts or ginger beer, or if you want to drink it on an ice ball, it's uh, you you know you proof it down a little bit, and it's a beautifully smooth drink. But if you just want to drink it neat, it's not going to burn you. It's not going to give you that Kentucky hug that really uh, finishes you off. Yeah, and and that that's actually what I did with the rest of it. I actually poured just a just a touch of uh, some ginger beer in there, and man, it just it it's got just a great flavor that really mellows with that because that that rye gives that um, nice sweetness and it, it ties nicely to that spice that you get from the ginger. In my personal opinion, I think it's a it's a really good mix of those two things going together. So I, I mixed mine up together and finished it off um, the heavy pour that I did, and it is dang good. So Scott, you referenced ginger beer, and not every one of our listeners may be familiar with it, and I don't want them to be confused to think you're mixing a beer and whiskey here. You're not that hard. I mean, I would do that, but uh, no, ginger beer is actually like a, I guess it would be considered like a spicier or a heavier ginger ale. So for people that like Canada Dry, things like that, I always tell you, if you want to get outside your comfort zone and you want to try something a little bit different, you might want to pick up something that's an actual ginger beer and my personal favorite is Bundaberg. Um, you know, there's Cock and Bull. There's, um, let's see, there's a few. Was it? It begins with an F, I think. Fleischmann's or Fleet or Fever Tree. Fever Flesh, Tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's there, there's quite a few that are out there. Um, I think Gosling makes one and a few others. But you know, my personal favorite, I always go for the Bundaberg. It's just got some nice spice, it, and it comes from Australia. You can usually get it at one of the big giant box stores. I'm not going to name names, but uh, you can get it at one of those places. Awesome. So 
on the fifth day of Old Foe, Whiskey Row series gave to me a beautiful bottled-in bond with a green tax strip on it that is bourbon whiskey, not rye whiskey. Uh, hundred proof bottled in bond, eighteen ninety seven. Beautiful pour. Absolutely, Tyler. Anything on that? Nothing else. No, I man, I agree. And thank you for sharing this uh, this Bundaberg spice ginger beer. I I will vouch for Scott. I had not had this holiday spice ginger beer, and this is makes a killer Kentucky mule with the the fall spices that are going on in this eighteen ninety seven. So yeah, great mixer. Yeah, a fun one to pick up. Uh, and a unique sort of personality to the old Forrester lineup going on in this one. And and it's a great intro to uh, get people, in my opinion, to introduce them to a rye whiskey. Certainly. It's not necessarily a rye whiskey. It's a bourbon, but it's got enough rye and it's got enough of those flavors that I think if you're trying to get people to try um, that rye whiskey, I would say either this or the one we're going to try here in a couple of days, the 1920, I think, are the two to go with if you're going to do that. So uh, if you want to find us on Bourbon Bro Talk, you can find us at... uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, you can email us at bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com. Um, Twitter, we got Twitter, right? Bourbon Barrel T1. Tweet, tweet. Yeah, and Josh loves Twitter, so if, if you want to find him on there, you can probably find him. He's probably got some secret code name that I forgot about. but I need an old foe fanboy uh, yeah. Twitter handle. We probably do need Great. an old foe Twitter boy. <laughs> all right, well, thank you all for being here today. Thank you. Uh, make sure you're listening to all 12 Days of Old Foe. Uh, subscribe, check us out, tell your friends, download all our episodes. Uh, have a good time, and I'm so glad you get to hear about the old foe that I love. Absolutely. Scott, Josh, and Tyler signing off. <laughs>